It's the same old story. It's been a long day at the job, or maybe it's just starting to feel long, and you feel that urge to stretch your legs and get a little bit of a break. You walk down the street, or maybe you get behind the wheel of your car, and you feel the weight begin to lift. You walk through the doors, and the sound of the place starts to clear the air. You get a table, you order your drink, you listen to the sounds of the bar, and soak in the conversation. Welcome to the TNE Speakeasy with your hosts, Caleb and Isaac. Listen in as they discuss a variety of topics, such as Daisy Ridley's return to Star Wars, the Lord of the Rings books, and Resident Evil. Anyways, so Caleb, what do you what do you what do you got here today? What are you, what are you asking me? Yeah, I was just asking if you've heard the news about Daisy Ridley returning for more Star Wars. I don't know if, if at first you heard the news about Kathleen Kennedy. Uh, Disney was was coming down on her head. They were like, you know, you have until 2025 December to put out a new Star Wars film, or we're, we're ousting you. That's what the rumors were. Oh. Yeah, those rumors came out, and then about maybe two weeks later, next thing you know, she's putting out plans for three new Star Wars films and the first one, a follow-up on Daisy Ridley. I think, like, I don't know, a while after Rise of Skywalker. Huh. So, but it's not episode 10, is it? I don't know. I don't think they've announced that yet. Oh, 15 years after is when they say it's gonna... Whoa, what the f... I mean, okay, I'm not saying that she has an age, but, like, come on. Like, what the heck? Yeah. So, yeah, that's that's interesting. That's, uh... Yeah. Yeah, any thoughts to share, or or do you prefer to wait until we hear some more information? No, I'll, I'll give my initial thoughts, why not? Um, there's a lot of people who are saying that, well, they're still, they're still saying, like, oh, she's she's an over, she's a writ, overwritten character, or she's a poorly written character. I do believe that she is a poorly written character, and that, like, uh, her character could have been way better than what she was given. Um, that much I will say. Uh, and that she did their, her best to portray... Um, portray it uh, at least the best of her ability but is this mean i'm gonna go watch it probably not because <laughs> yeah. if it's meant to if what is is it actually trying to tell a story is it going to tell a story about spiritualism in uh the star wars universe or are we just going to get another rehash of something and are we going to get um the prequels and when i say the prequels i don't mean the prequels i mean are we going to have is this going to be the Clone Wars where it's only going to try to fix everything? Because mm. mm-hmm. if they do that, I am not interested. I have no reason to watch it unless it actually has some uh, legitimacy to it. And given all the raving, especially from this man himself, who says that I, myself, should watch um, the series Andor. And that it's not a fixer series. That it legit... It, it is... It is it actually is telling a real story in the Star Wars universe. Um, and not just about spirit. It has nothing to do with spiritualism, which is something that you'll like. Um, all right, I'm in for that. But for this, um, I, I will not doubt that Dizzy Ridley will do her best acting. She will definitely act. Uh, that is for sure. Um, I think maybe you'll hear me say that, but I, I think 
for what she's given in her role as Ray in the like looking at this like retroactively uh, I think she does a good job of what she's given in the movies she uh, she was in but you know she it was only like again the problems of the script the problems at the end of the day are the script and there's no plans and if what you said is true and if I mean may, I, I don't know but if Kathleen Kennedy just announced this like that I hope they have a plan but if they don't have a plan well it's just going to be a repeat of 789 again all over again yeah my hope is that the the news of Disney you know giving her this deadline I'm hoping that, that they just were sitting on that for a long time and then yeah once they kind of had an idea that's when they finally came out but I'm not sure because all these announcements came out at a Star Wars celebration so I don't know if they'd been planning for a long time or if this is just something that she managed to put together in like a month or two but a month like come on yeah i know like <laughs> and i me and eric discussed this and i brought up you know i'm starting to feel bad for kathleen kennedy because it feels like you know now that we've had some distance and some time to look back at the issues with the the sequel trilogy i do think that disney played a much bigger role in the issues than people gave them credit for in terms of their deadlines because with the force awakens she asked for delays multiple times and they're like nope we're giving you the date that's the date that you have to stick to and so they were forced to kind of cut corners to make that script work and then they were on a two-year turnaround after that for the next so i mean that that's 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 not great <laughs> yeah it sounds like scumbags like the, that really does sound pretty bad yeah, it sounds like they're like, we need to beat this profit ratio, figure it out, get it done. We don't care how the product looks as long as it's out on time and in a theater to make us some money. And people all lay all the trouble on her head, but I don't know. That's that, I mean, that sounds like she was looking for more time to get stuff working and they didn't give it to her. So, you know, I mean, that's I mean, she has her faults. There's definitely faults for her, but I don't think it's I don't think it's all in her head. Yeah, no, it's everybody has a part to play in this. Uh, it goes both ways, but who really is like pressuring who, given that she's, you know, part of the big D? Yeah. Yeah, I mean, you gotta give, <laughs> some people might say it's sympathy for the devil, but like, in this case, yeah, it's, it is nice that it, it is revealing that, like, or it's revealed that it kind of wasn't all on her. I mean, yeah. obviously, there is some stuff there, but. Yeah, that is the case, and watch Disney being scumbags, and don't watch this movie because you're giving them, you, you are literally mm. make, like giving them exactly what they want if you're doing this. If you don't like Disney, and if you don't like their practices, stop buying their merchandise, like stop your subscription to Disney+, Plus. don't go to Disneyland, make it hurt, like make them hurt, okay? That's how you do this, but you're not, you're not. You will not. Yeah, I'm not. Yeah, I'll be there. <laughs> all right. I don't just even mean you. I just mean everybody else. Like, all right. You can't. Don't tell me you can't. This is why I always say protesting with your dollar is never a winning strategy because you're never getting enough people that care. I know. Yeah, it's. I know. But that's just my moral. That's where I. I that's where I'm coming from. <laughs> of like, people only care about money in this day and age. And in in the in America in Canada, all we care about is money. Okay, rest of the world doesn't care. I have no idea. But like all <laughs> like care. all the corporations care about is money. Okay? 
people live on money. You take away money, people start getting desperate. All right? Job security and whatnot. So it's like people are easily manipulated by money. So don't tell me that, like, what she's act like, she's, it just sounds like she's acting out of desperation. It's because her job's on the line. Like, it's a survivability struggle for pit sakes. She's about to lose her means of, of making money to, you know, I guess either support her house or to, you know, get food and pay taxes and whatnot. And she, you know, well, she doesn't want to lose it. So, I don't know. Like, and are her and Frank Marshall still together or did they separate long ago? Hmm. I don't know. Okay. That's, and I'm, I'm not here to start any rumors on that. I'm just like, I'm only just curious. Yeah. But I guess we'll see how this develops and yeah, we'll talk about it more in the future and I'm sure I'll, I'll be there to give a review even if Isaac chooses not to see it all. I'm sure I'll see it. I will <laughs> say this again. I, I'm not trying to, um, instill doubt i'm not trying to be the boy who cried wolf i'm not trying to say see i told you so i am i am not trying to be that guy Mm -hmm. all right i genuinely hope that they have a story that they want to tell and they will choose the best people to hire for acting and be you know pay the uh, effects artists you know the right money please and stump people as well and all others in the production like i really hope they do that but yeah um, I'm not trying to sabotage this immediately and say like, look, see, look at this. I knew it was going to be a failure. I'm not trying to say that. Mm-hmm. I just hope that they can go into that. And if Disney does, you know, do, come in and, you know, pressure and complicate things. Well, what do you expect? It's a self-fulfilling prophecy. <laughs> yeah. I have to look at a list to see who all won. Oh, I wanted. I don't know if this was true or not, but I definitely... Even if it didn't win, I definitely wanted Giacchino's score for the Batman to be on there. Yeah, that... that I think that would have... That should have deserved it. Yeah. I, now, I'm not saying win the Oscars, but definitely be on there, because I think what he did definitely deserves uh, an Oscar. Yeah. I was, I was thinking this to my parents, obviously, because, like, you know, John Wick 4, you, you told me, is, like, three hours long, right? Yeah, three hours, yeah. Yeah, three hours, and I was like, okay, what also was three hours? Just, you know, it was like, okay, it was Avatar, Way of Water, and then I was like trying to think, of like, what was the other one? Oh, yes, the Batman, that's right. The Batman was th- also three hours long, and I can't remember if, uh, what's it called? I can't remember if Top Gun Maverick was three hours long, but it's like, man, they're like, <laughs> they're, put, they're putting like time into these things now i'm impressed by that oh i think i think the opposite i think they're they're becoming more and more it's it's these directors are getting more power and they're refusing to make cuts that they probably should make now hang on a second hang on a second you were you were like maybe your opinion has changed but what's your opinion on the batman though because you were like that three hours is necessary well okay sorry i'm misquoting you but you said you were okay with three hours or maybe you didn't say that but you said you felt like the three hours uh at least um justified the story yeah for the batman i didn't find it too long but i know a lot of folks did that's fair. there's a lot of people who are, who are complaining about it uh, me i thought they managed to make it work there and i'm not fully against you know movies that are three hours overall i just think that the trend is not necessarily a great thing because again endgame was three hours too and i thought that, that was way too long well see i haven't seen endgame so i have no idea <laughs> how to explain that but 
Here, here's what you want. You want a beginning, intermission, and end. <laughs> Which, in a mm-hmm. way, got an end with the Batman by, you know, the Moon Knight and... Or, was it Moon Knight and... No, Sonata in Darkness, that's what it was called. We had Sonata in Darkness during the credits, so you could call that um, the end, like, sit score or whatever. And we kind of had that with Ave Marie in the beginning. But you want it, you want intermissions. I wonder how Batman would be if there was an intermission and where you would put the intermission. Yeah, intermissions would probably help, but I also just think the tighter, not everything needs to be in there. You know, it's just, some things just don't uh, don't add as much as the filmmakers think they do. And I, I think that trimming would just be the better way to go. You can get away, you can get away with some flabbier storytelling in TV. Like, it's still not great there. You can get away with it easier than a movie. I think a movie uh, thrives on its its sharpness. Agreed. Uh, I think you're right, where it's the whole, like, ep- this is not, we're not going back to the episodic versus uh, uh, serialized storytelling. We're not doing that here. But, <laughs> like, there is a difference between Endgame and the Batman when it comes to uh, storytelling, uh, or at least, you know, length of time. All right? Because... Again, I'm only going off of, you know, stuff I've heard or stuff I've seen of Endgame without spoilers or without big spoilers. But I know that they... Do you think that they could have made a third movie? Do you think there could have been a third part to this, like, Infinity Saga? In fact, it almost would have made sense to do that because there were three books originally. Uh, Well, okay, sorry. Sorry, there was Infinity Gauntlet, then there was... Was it Infinity Crusade, and then then there was Infinity War, which is what it was the last one, I think, was called. (laughs) No, I, I don't think so, because just like Avatar 2, the the core story itself was not a three-hour-long story, but they padded out the, the end climax. Uh, basically, the last hour of Endgame was like the big end fight sequence, just padded out for ages. Uh, Avatar wasn't quite that. I don't think it was a full hour, but it was still like 40 minutes of the big end climax, and that just seems bloated for me <laughs> i wonder what that in i don't i wonder what john wick for our chapter four excuse me uh holds for us with that that's fair you know that is that is concerning yeah we haven't seen it. we haven't seen it yet so never mind but uh but we just with so with, and how, how when they were wrapping up stuff for endgame how i don't think it's a spoiler but like how long was like the like the the wrap-up of like you know the whatever the the battle's over like obviously the the fight has to end how much time did they spend with the characters just sitting down and breathing at the end? It felt short to me. I would think like maybe ten minutes at the most. Ten minutes, eh? Just to wrap up the entire saga. Jeez. Yeah, but I don't think it was that. I feel like it was less, but it's been a while since I've seen it. Yeah, you should go back to it at some point. And yeah. Give it a look. No, no, obviously not. That's that's on you, not on me. Um. On your, on your own time, excuse me, I, I mean that. But I guess there is a difference with the, that and the Batman where that one was a mystery. There was there was a mystery to be solved and we were, like, uncovering clues and, and going down places. Yeah, and the way they structured the Batman, too, it was like the main core element of it ended once uh, the Riddler was caught. And then we had this whole other section that had a different meaning for the movie. So it wasn't like a big extended climax. It was like this whole other little fourth act that was tucked in there so so i think that helped it feel fresh in the end yeah and i wonder i wonder there's probably a cut somebody made somewhere but i wonder what would happen if you just cut to the end of like they catch the riddler and that's it 
Like there was no, he doesn't have like a master scheme where he destroys all the levees and then shoots the mayor inside the um, stadium. I wonder if that, uh, I wonder if that would have just like ended the movie and it would have been okay. Yeah, I wonder too. I'd be curious to go back to that too. I haven't seen that in a bit. Not since uh, the theater. I think it's worth between the two films that we've just we've referred to. I feel like you'd probably go back to the Batman than you would Endgame. Yeah, probably, probably. Because Endgame, you have to watch that first part too. So that's like a five-hour commitment. <laughs> and with the Batman, there's also less characters, and you can also, and I think a lot of those characters have some character arcs. Now, that obviously, you can correct me if I'm wrong on that, but. They have character arcs, and I don't know if Endgame has character arcs or not, or if it's like artificial ones, but oh, no. at, least, at least you can be invested in the Batman character arcs. Yeah, Endgame, despite being a huge movie with all these different characters, they have their core main characters that are kind of, it's their story. Even though there's a, you know, stories for all these different characters, it's kind of the main focus is Tony and, uh, and Steve. You know, I just thought about that. It's like, yeah, there's they, they literally reduced that they 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 snapped most of the cast out for, you know, the original six plus Ant Man and Nebula and I think that was it at the end. I guess there's Mumbaku and the general and I assume Shuri lived as well. I'm trying to remember who else was alive at that point. But anyway, yeah, those guys, you know, exist the, the, all of the Avengers were still alive, so yeah, I guess you have that core cast, so there are... Never mind, I'm, I'm incorrect. I did not know that. And or I forgot about that. Yeah, and I... I, I think I mentioned when we talked about Endgame when it first came out. I think all that character stuff really works well in the first two hours. It's a really great MCU movie and a great kind of a culmination of the, that first ten years. It's just then I got completely bored in the self-indulgent hour-long action stuff at the end. And people were thrilled. People loved that everyone got their spotlight. Everyone got their moments in the fight. Me, I was just like, I just don't care about CGI action. I just could not care less. And so I was, I was falling asleep <laughs> in the theater. You said this before, but do you have the same problem as you do with like either the Lord of the Rings battles? How long was the end of the Return of the Kings fight? Was that also an hour long? I haven't gone back to that in a number of years, and okay. I especially haven't gone back to the theatrical cut. So I'm, I'm not sure. I'm not sure what the uh, how that would actually look out, or look at uh, time-wise. Okay, never mind. And I actually, when I finished reading The Lord of the Rings, I started a rewatch. I watched the first two in their extended cuts, and I got maybe half an hour into The Return of the King. And I was just like, ah, I'm just, I don't feel like I'm into this, so I'll come back and watch this later. That was probably like six months ago, so <laughs> so I should probably get back to that. Yes, I know. I probably should ask you, but I mean that's a whole podcast in of itself. But like, with the within the book, how did the uh, the last battle, or at least the the culminating battle uh, between all the uh, players in Return of the King, how did that play out uh, with Tolkien and his writings? Hmm, I think it happened relatively fast. Interesting. Yeah, um, if I remember correctly, it opened up with that side of the plot. Because I don't know if you know the structure of those books, but it's not intermixed like it is in the movies. It's two separate sections. It'll be like, this half will be the Legolas and Aragon section. And then we'll complete that plot, get to the end of it. And then we'll switch over to Frodo and Sam. 
Oh, I see. So, okay, so what... So what um, Jackson and his writers were doing in the movies was trying to do it simultaneously, whereas yep. instead it would be, okay, how it would be presented in the book if you literally translated it to movie. Uh, it would have, yeah, the, the Legolas, Gimli, and Aragon um, story, you know, go alongside and then end. And then after that, then you'd switch over to Frodo and Sam and Gollum. Okay. Interesting. Yeah, which completely took me by surprise because uh, the Fellowship of the Ring, since they're all together, is one story going. And then you start the next book and it's just like, oh, like when are we going to get back to the other guys? And then the, their plot ends and I'm like, oh. <laughs> wow. Interesting. See, it. I, I've seen that with some comic book panels, but not with a book. And maybe I just yeah. obviously haven't read enough books to understand that, but that is interesting. That is, that is quite interesting. At least... Some of the books I've read, they will juggle a bunch. They will do the Lord of the Rings movie thing where they'll, like, jump from one place to another. Like, they'll, they'll end a chapter, and then they'll go to, like, switch to a different perspective. Like, to a different mm -hmm. character. Yeah, that's that's what I was expecting. Yeah. But but it, it, did, it did end up working, I think. Because the plots were had such dramatically different tones. So I think being able to just fully immerse yourself into one of them. Especially with the Sam and Frodo stuff. That stuff's just kind of grueling. So, I, I feel like it kept me in the mood of that. Reading it all at once instead of breaking it up with the more exciting adventure stuff. Huh. Well, I guess both work for different mediums, of course. So, that's a plus. Yeah. yeah. yeah and I'm, I'm definitely curious to go back and finish The Return of the King. Because that is the Lord of the Rings film I've seen the least. So... Do you think it's the most skippable one? Like just uh, just go to, just go straight to Twin Towers and or the two towers. Why did I say Twin Towers? Two Towers and uh, Return of the King. It's like I don't think so. I think you still need to watch for like Fellowship. There's a reason why like Fellowship oh. is setting everything up. Oh my bad. Did I say Fellowship? I meant Return yeah. of the King. <laughs> oh okay. Yeah, it's, huh. yeah. There you go. <laughs> That's my screw up. Yeah, I've seen Fellowship and Two Towers many many times. But yeah, Return of the King is always such a big commitment with the length. But I've probably only seen it in the extended cut maybe like three times. And then the theatrical I think I've only seen once. So. You don't have to watch the the the, the extended cut. You know, it's your, it's your picking. Like, you can pick and choose. Well, I just feel like uh, after having seen the extended cuts, the theatricals feel so bare bones. Which is maybe a good thing, because it's it's so long that I don't actually sit down and watch it very often. So maybe just taking the bare bones version would be better than just not watching it at all. But... I mean, it's like what we discussed with Aliens, where, you know, there's you can, you can choose which one you want to watch. And, like, with the theatrical, it's like, when, when I rewatched it, maybe I'm not echoing my words completely, but, like, I said, I'm glad I watched it again, because I know there's more that I missed from the director's cut, but... I appreciate mm -hmm. the theatrical cut because maybe this is echoing you more, but it's a lot more tight and you don't get as much like, fi not filler. I, I guess you could say filler, but the, the world's not as fleshed out, but it's only focused on like one, this, this one plot basically. Yeah. And it's so lean. It just, it moves and never really lets up in the theatrical cut, which is great. Yeah, so I finished Resident Evil 4 sometime, like, around the summer, I think, last year. Uh, original Resident Evil 4. 
Yes, original, yeah. And then I played through Resident Evil 5, which I still love. I still think that's a great game. Story is a little bit silly. The performances are definitely silly. The uh, the boulder punching, Chris gets me every time. It's such a ridiculous looking image, and uh, yeah, Wesker's just constant screaming of Chris in the last part of that book or that game. <laughs> do you do the book? Do you understand like why Johnny memes it to death? Oh yeah, yeah, and I I remember it at the time. I think I even I think in the stinger I included one of the the funnier Chris. Oh, you did, which I'm like, thank you very much. <laughs> Although, I think Johnny's impression is a lot better. Although, I feel like he got it from somewhere. Like, either he... I never asked him this, because I just... It's one of those things where it's just like, I don't know if you should ask it or not, but, like, I always wondered whether that's his interpretation of what Wesker sounds like, or if he saw it on a video somewhere where somebody else was, you know, acting Mm. over the top by saying, like, crass. Yeah. Yeah, I was trying to find one that sounded like that, but I just thought his, his, like, final scream was funnier, so that's why I included that one, but... But, you know, I do really, I do love that that commentary. I'm hoping we can get back to some Resident Evil soon. Yeah, we got a few more movies to do before we go back to it, but we will obviously get yeah. back to it. Um, but what, so, what did you think after? So, when was the last time you had played all through Resident Evil Five? Oh, it would have been probably around maybe 2013 or so, around there. Okay. Yeah, I, I had a buddy of mine, and we would always play co-op. I was always Sheva. Played through it like three times, the whole campaign, and right out around the time that Resident Evil Six came out, we decided to play through it again, and then pick up the game. And we played maybe half of Leon's campaign, and we we're just like, mm, "This, this is just not working out." And so we gave it up, and it's been sitting on my shelf ever since. I feel like you need to play it with Johnny. Like you and him have to do a co-op playthrough together because I feel like it would be way more enjoyable. Could be. But it's a lot of the mechanics that I really don't like in Resident Evil games from that period. They're just way amped up in that one, and it's just brutal. But <laughs> Like, I'm only assuming, like, okay, I haven't gotten f- 4 Remake yet, but, like, you know they're going to do 5 and 6, right? Like, I feel like at this point they're going to just remake 4, or 5 and 6. I'd love it if they did 5. I think 5 is a great game. It just has a really weak story, and a really over-the-top and corny story. So if they could tighten some of that up, I'd love to finally see Sheva make a return. I don't know why they've not utilized that character. I think she's great with Chris. Um, and so now that I've finished 5, I've I've jumped into Resident Evil 6. I've completed Leon's campaign. And now i am finished the first chapter of Chris's campaign. Oh boy, that game. I know that it has its fans in the modern era now. But it is a terrible game. It's... Everything that I hate about Resident Evil 4 and 5 is just amped up in that game. It's it's filled with uh, what I call fake gameplay, where you're basically playing through a cutscene, but you have almost no control over your character. All you can do is move them forward. You can't use your gun. You can't even run. You're just walking as the cutscene plays out around you. It's like, why are you wasting my time? Just play the cutscene. The cutscene moves faster than I can walk this character. There's, there's so many things like that. So many things when you're just running in a line, you can't deviate from the line, you can't shoot, you're just pushing forward. Like, that is that is such cheap gameplay. I don't understand that. Yeah. Um, it's funny when you mention, like, you know, cutscenes move the character faster than you would. That's That actually is pretty funny, where it's cutscene power to the max, where, you know, it's just a cutscene, and then all of a sudden they start doing stuff that wasn't programmed within the model itself, the character. <laughs> oh. 
Um, yeah, you and Johnny really should like uh, team up at some point online and just replay Resident Evil Six together because I know <laughs> he wanted to do that with me years ago. Do you think it was at that point they were? I mean, okay, I don't, obviously there's documentation of what happened with mm. Resident Evil Six and the development of it. Do you think by that point they were just like, all right? We're going to please Americans. We're just going full on like with the movies. Like we're making it a bombastic action piece. Um, it's a it's a B movie to like the max. Mm. Here you mm-hmm. go. I don't know. I really don't know anything about the development. Maybe I should look into that stuff after I'm done playing through this. Because I'm I am extremely curious why they made so many of the choices that they made. There's even uh, one of the first boss fights during Leon's campaign is his uh his assistant Helena her sister goes missing and they're trying to find her and when they finally do find her she's infected by the C virus and she all of her clothes come off and she's this nude like vixen with all these legs coming out of her anytime she attacks you she's on top of you like driving around and moaning sexually this nude character I'm like what the fuck like what is this and by the way that's whole almost every boss fight in this game it seems to run on more of like a timer rather than my own actions one of them i just didn't even bother shooting at all because i was like i'm tired of this every single boss fight it seems like i have no effect i'm just gonna walk around the the arena here and after walking around for like five minutes suddenly a cutscene happens and the boss fight changes and i was like i literally didn't even shoot one one single shot at that boss and that 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 is just a complete failure i think especially compared to four and five you're referring to yeah you're referring to six correct six yeah, yeah. okay yeah i was i played no role <laughs> in the first part of that boss fight yeah like, yeah you're just like you're you're almost like a catalyst or you're just like only giving slight control to uh the player while you know the game plays itself yeah yeah and that's the stuff i call fake gameplay it's like why even just give me a cutscene then if i'm not gonna really participate in this this whole section why are you wasting my time just just show me it and let's go forward. And in a way, it's funny. You think they would like half, uh, half rear it almost in a way. Like they wouldn't put as much effort into making six. But there's a lot of like content in six, from what I remember from game reviews back in the day. Oh, it's a huge game. I think it's up to that point the longest of the Resident Evil games. It has four different campaigns. Each one of them have um, five. What do you call them? Like five. Uh, Chapters, missions, chapters, there you episodes, go. yeah, issues. <laughs> I mean, that's huge. Resident Evil Five, I believe, was only six. Um, well, I guess they have the little individual bits in the chapter in between. So I don't know. Maybe maybe it's not as big as I'm thinking, but it feels long. <laughs> and you have in that all the characters, at least in the piece, are you have the first one's Leon, um, who's his partner, Helen. Yeah, yeah, Helena. Helen, that's right, Helena. Okay. Then with second one, is it Chris and Claire, or is it Chris and Jill? Uh, Chris and a guy named Pierce. Pierce. Okay. Was is he from one of the spinoff games? I'd never seen him before. I don't know. I've I've not really played the spinoff games. I've only played the first. I don't know. Maybe two thirds of Revelation, the first one. Or is it Revelations? I think it's Revelations. Uh, well, there's yeah, there's Revelations. Well, one or well, not one. Yeah, but Revelations and then Revelations two. Excuse me. Yeah, so it's the only one of the side ones I played. Well, I guess I played 
Like maybe about half a Code Veronica. I keep meaning to get back to that damn game. <laughs> and then third, uh, the third campaign, if I recall, is Wesker's Son. And well, I don't, I don't know what the other like character is. Yeah, me neither. Um, and then the last one, the fourth one you were mentioning, is Ada Wong. Just so yeah. actually, no, it's Ada Wong with like a generic um, soldier guy as like the second player. Oh, interesting. Sounds like Pierce so far. <laughs> Except they're masks. I'm pretty sure Pierce has a face to him. Yeah, yeah. And Chris is like a washed up alcoholic yeah that's a weird change for him so uh, i just found this out today I, I was scrolling through my news feed and there's a new resident evil movie coming out like a new animated movie excuse me the cgi films there's another oh. one coming out i think it's called death island i actually thought it was called resident evil dead island i'm like wait they're putting like <laughs> resident evil in the new dead island game like what that's kind of cool oh it's called death island oops okay well i <laughs> I, I like projected that on there. I mean, called dyslexia, but I don't think so. Um, and it's got a big, it's got a hot cast right there. We got, we got Jill in there. We got Leon. We got Claire. We got Chris, and I think we have Rebecca from uh, Revelations. Is her name, or oh. am I? Is that somebody, or am I thinking of somebody else? That may be right. I, I can't remember her name. At the okay. Moment. Well, I th I think it's the I, th I I I didn't I skimmed through the article. I don't I only just remember. But it's they're using the models from like the remake uh, games, which is awesome. Oh, that is cool. Mm. And I think at least for the English cast, it'll probably be the current you know voice actors for the re uh, remake games. That's cool. Yeah, I haven't seen most of those movies. I've only seen the first of the animated ones, but I I keep meaning to catch up on them. So. If we, if you'll allow me to pontificate, I think so. As of now, Resident Evil Four, the remake, has sold three million copies mm. within its release of in th like for the last three weeks. Whenever it was uh, launched in the end of May, March, excuse me, it has made three million copies, which took a year to make for the original Resident Evil Four. Oh wow! So, yeah, no. So this is really good news. So that means hopefully for. Capcom, they're like, this is a win, hopefully. I, I assume there probably has to be more uh, units sold, but like, I feel literally within three weeks, I hope that potentially by the end of the year, we'll probably, or within a year, excuse me, we'll hopefully see uh, hopefully over like 6 million or even 9 million units, if that's the case, especially when like sales come. Um, that does mean I think 5 will be remade. I think they'll be working on 5, and I definitely wonder where they're going to go with that, given that I don't want to say that, you know, 4 has, uh, even the original 4 kind of has a little bit of a a jungle fever to it. And I said 4, I know that, but 5 also kind of has that little, like, jungle fever where, like, you know, these protagonists, these, like, white-centric protagonists go into this, like, developing country almost. I know it's Spain and 4, but, like, 5 is, you know, a place in an African country, isn't it? Yep. And Sheva herself is, is black. Okay. Is she from there or is she American? Uh, she's from there, wherever they are. Okay, there you go. So, but basically them, like, taking on, like, you know, zombies, which sounds like it's something out of a B-movie. Well, this whole Resident Evil is technically a B-movie, excuse me, but... Um, I, I do wonder how they're going to... if they, what, what they'll make... What the changes they'll make to, to 5. Yeah, and now that you say that, I do remember that there was, yeah, like, controversy about that. And I think she came out, the actress who plays her, and it's like, I mean, what do you want? This was set in Africa. 
I mean, of course, most of the villains are going to be, you know, Africans. So, but but all the human villains were all white, but the the yeah the zombies were yeah black. It would be kind of cool, almost, if we set it in like this is kind of stupid, but if we also set it in Haiti, for instance, and we almost had a chance to look at the hoodoo side of of zombies, like go back to that in a way. Yeah, I mean, I could see that being cool in a little expansion um, DLC. Or even a spin-off game, not even just like Resident Evil 5, but I'm just thinking like, well, you know, we could touch upon the hoodoo origins of it, but obviously Resident Evil zombies are completely different from... Exactly. You know, typical... Well, again, they're, they're an infection. They were created in the lab. It's not the hoodoo type. Yeah, and, and there was a lot of really cool stuff with the virus in that game. Some of my favorite enemies were in Resident Evil 5. And that's another thing I really dislike about Resident Evil 6 is I feel like a lot of the creativity is just not there in the same way with their villains. I mean, they're they're definitely bringing some some new varieties, but I just don't feel like they're like they really stand out much. I feel kind of generic. I remember Johnny, we were talking about this in uh, Extinction, and I will probably elaborate this again. We'll probably do another like Resident Evil talk, hopefully off off of the next Resident Evil film. But like we'll just you know pontificate and discuss it, you know, uh, freely amongst ourselves off topic. But um, or during a speakeasy as like this. But asking you now, sir, what would you like as as a fan of Five? Uh, what would you like to see? either refined and or t- taken out or added in what, what what would you like to see from resident evil 5 the remake um ooh, that's a good question well my two favorite sections of it they could probably do a little bit expanding and i think that would make them even more fun which is the first wetland section where you're going through a little swamp area i think that stuff is really cool and has a lot of room for expansion there or e- exploration i should say and then my second favorite part, which I feel like is too short and I wish it went on for longer, is when they go to this underground pyramid complex. And there's all these, like, it's kind of kind of uh, mirrors that direct the sun and they're like lasers and there's all this gold and treasure and stuff. Oh, that, that place is so fun. Interesting. And one of the reasons I love Resident Evil 5, too, is their, um, how much room for expanding the, the weaponry there is. There's so many chances to get gold and chances to you know really improve your guns versus uh, resident evil 6 which has basically no way to upgrade your weapons you can upgrade your skills but no weapon upgrades which i think is really lame interesting and then the way that they set up your inventory boxes too i think it's just just terrible it's it's not very intuitive it's clumsy to get to it during action and it's just a, a piss off the way they set up that system is there uh, is is the boxes still in Resident Evil Five, or storage box? Excuse me. No storage boxes, but you have like a limited capacity of what you can carry. So it's and, and you can't expand it. Sadly, like you couldn't four, which I wish they would have kept that as well. That's that's really nice. But no, yeah, just. But you do get real time. You can like switch it in the middle of combat. You can just click a button and the box pops up. You can quickly shift it around, which is nice. Uh, There's something else I was going to say about something they changed in 6 I didn't like. Oh, actually, this is something I did like. Because both in 4 and 5, when you're aiming, you're, like, frozen in place. So finally in 6, while you're aiming, 
you can move around and walk as you're trying to fire people which is really nice yes i believe uh i think for the remake actually did that as well where you actually can or no wait i think so but they also did the whole reloading thing where you don't have to like stand still while you reload you can actually like reload Mm. um while moving which i know is seems kind of counterintuitive in 2023 but like trust me based off of a game from 2004 like yeah it's it it makes sense Oh, and for the first time, I played some of the DLC for uh, Resident Evil 5. And they had this one where you go to this old man's mansion. And it's kind of a kind of a little reference piece to the, the first Resident Evil game. A little bit more survival horror edge to it. And I thought that was really fun. I, I love that little DLC. So I'm, I'm, I'm hoping that they'll have some stuff like that for the sixth one. It'd be nice to... Because another thing that's shitty about, even though we have four different campaigns... They all take place in the same city at the same time. There's a couple little things around the edges with this Chris campaign that's a little bit different. But I know that most of them share the same bosses and stuff. That's kind of like, uh, I don't really want to be recycling here. Let's keep moving forward and doing going to different areas. So Resident Evil 5 really captured that. And 4, both of them have a lot of really cool variety of, of areas. So I guess my big question is... If they remake 6, and I wonder if that depends on 5 being, you know, selling mm-hmm. proper units or the um, targeted amount of units they, they want. I wonder if they'll remove some people or if they'll add some people in there. Because that was my, I, I said this before, but I'll say it again. That was my big hope. But where they like, 6 is the is like the, I won't say, I guess, yeah, you could say 6 is the big series finale. Where it's like, you have everybody coming back from the games. And what's interesting as well is they haven't remade any of the other games yet. So they didn't haven't remade Code Veronica, where you take control of yeah. um, of Claire going to find Chris. And and I don't know if we're gonna do Operation Raccoon City again, but um, <laughs> it is interesting that I, I wonder if they'll actually do that, where they'll make like a big compilation of remade games like. I mean, I don't think they'll do that, uh, what the hey was that one? That light gun shooter or whatever it was, the, the Deadeye or whatever? Yeah, or, yeah, Survivor, I think, is kind of in that vein, too, I think. And they haven't even remade Resident Evil Zero. <laughs> yeah, or one. I think that they could go back and do one again and improve it. I mean, I want that, but how do you, what do you rename it? Like, how do you, <laughs> Yeah. <laughs> because there's already a remake. And to be fair, I know a lot of people who loved the first, like the original version, quite like that remake because it stays true to it so much. Whereas I feel like they could go back and get rid of that tank control system. I feel like that's so clumsy and make it a better game. <laughs> but if I understand that's the difference that me and I, or that I have with many different Resident Evil fans. Yeah, and, and the thing that you and I really want as well um, is we want in the, I mean, okay, want excuse me like okay we're privileged i'm sorry um but what we'd like to see as well you and i would definitely like to see them somehow fit the original games uh in the remakes as well so like a whole separate like you have to it's it's in a separate menu and you can play the entire campaign of like resident evil one two and three and like the remake games um because you know like you said like you know the systems like a lot of people are doing an emulation now Mm -hmm. um and you can't really find that hardware anymore. I mean, you can, obviously, but it's eventually it'll get to the point where they just can't remake that hardware anymore because it's outdated. Yeah. 
Yeah, you mean like have the original games in there as a bonus feature. Exactly, thank you. Yeah, oh, I would love it. And I'm, I can't imagine that they would take up very much space on a disc. Yeah, I mean, I feel like there probably is like problems to that. <laughs> Trust me, it's not like, oh, yes, animators and engineers can and software programmers can just do it all. It's like, no, 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 no. I understand. There's, <laughs> there's, there's a process here. You have to like render it all into the game. Obviously, the game system as well. You have to make sure like it. I'm not. Ex- I'm not. I am not asking for like an upscale or an HD remaster of it. I'm just saying yeah. like it'd be kind of cool to have that back on there. Yeah, just bare bones. The same thing I could pick up for a like a PlayStation One disc. If you could just put it on there as a bonus feature, that'd be great. It, the, the best thing I could say, even though it's its own, like, ent- not entry, but it's its own game, uh, is the uh, HD collection for Devil May Cry uh, 1, 2, and 3 uh, on the PlayStation 4, and you can play it on the PlayStation 5 if you download it as well. That's a perfect example of what I'm thinking of. It was in the PS3 and I think 360 as well. And then it also was on, uh, they then put it over to PS4 and then five if you can download it so that's a perfect example of what that is and yeah i'm not asking for a freaking remake of of one two and three i mean that'd be interesting if they did i think technically they don't have to because that's what devil may cry five is for but they at least took the time uh capcom and that's the thing is capcom as well they they took the time and like put in uh maybe because like or Devil May Cry it doesn't have that many like entries than Resident Evil has, which is true. But it would just be interesting to see if we could play uh, Resident Evil on a PS5, like Resident Evil One, excuse me, on a PS5. <laughs> yeah, that would be interesting. Yeah, to see it like upscaled from the into somewhat HD. Because of course, playing all those old PS1 games on an HD TV, oh boy, they just look horrible. <laughs> They were uh, they were not meant for the TV, unfortunately. They didn't. I mean, yeah. I, ignorance or what? Not really. It's just like you know, they didn't expect. Yeah. They, they expected technology to go in one direction, but it went the other way, or a different path. Excuse me. It's like wow, we could not have thought of this. Yeah, and there's always an element of video games. I'm sure even the creators somewhat think of them as disposable media, because they're designed to, you know, suit whatever console they're built to, you know, play on. And they're not really, they don't really have a lot of great upscale value because you can't put the PS1 disc into a, a PlayStation 5, I'm sure. <laughs> so, uh, As far as I'm aware, I haven't tried that yet, but I don't have any PS1 games, so I couldn't tell you. Unless you have any lying around we could try. Yeah, I've got, I've got a bunch left still. See, it's almost like, permit me if, uh, forgive me if I, if I go like out there. But it's like how with uh, some of the Renaissance paintings, with like, say, what Da Vinci was doing or Michelangelo was doing. Uh, sorry, I know those are the generic ones. There's many others, of course, but those are the two that come to mind. But imagine with all the, the paintings, uh, when it came to paintings of Christ and uh, the whole Catholic mythology of uh, the history of, of the church there and when they were depicting Christ. Um, obviously, maybe I'm getting into another topic that's a little bit iffy, but you know how that... They, they they used Italian men as as uh, as models instead of using you know actual Israelites as uh, models. So you know that's where we get the whole like Jesus is white aspect. So in a way, it's kind of what I'm what I'm saying is that it was art for that time, um, where even though it's depicting something, it was only depicting something within the culture uh, it was made from. If that makes sense, maybe that is like you know a little close-minded or whatnot, but it's similar to. With these games where I don't know if it's everybody treats them as or the developers treat it as garbage media in a way as I as I'm calling it where 
Yeah, it, it is disposable. I, I feel like it is, but I, I want to believe that they do have passion for it because, I yeah. mean, they put a lot of, like, secrets in those games as well, and there is some replay value to be had with those games where if you do a certain run, at least with, like, the first three, you get, like, those those uh, infinite rocket launchers, or not rocket launchers, but those infinite ammo uh, weapons. Yeah, yeah, and by disposable media, I don't mean that they're just, like, you know, kind of shirking it off, like, whatever, this is going to you know be a flash in the pan then just gone forever i think it's more like they they're fully aware that there's a baked in shelf life you know whatever the, the shelf life of the console is it's most likely the console the game we're building so so they don't put in a lot of room for you know upporting i would imagine i think you're right especially if they are always working with technology they will be kind of seeing the writing on the wall yeah, yeah which is of course a shame but i mean what can you do yeah, and it kind of does suck where it's just like you want to like because because when you start a project and then you finish a project, technology may have actually expanded even in those like you know however yeah. many months <laughs> that you were working on it, and you're just like, man, if we only waited like you know, you know the, the development cycle, we would have actually like you know had a much better um, hardware to put like to to develop our game onto. Yeah, I know that happened with a lot of games like switching up to the. Uh right around the time of, like, the 64. I can't remember which console they were using before that. But there was a lot of games that they were building for the previous console, and once that big change happened, a lot of games were just, like, a lot of developers were just like, oh, fuck, now we got to try to slap together a, a port for this new console. So there's a lot of trash games. <laughs> yeah, no. I th I think it was the, the SNES, I believe, because it was Nintendo Entertainment System, then it was the Super Nintendo Entertainment System, then it was 64. Okay, then maybe I'm thinking of the 64 to the uh, the one after that, the GameCube. I think maybe that's what I'm thinking of. When they finally realized, hey, let's not use cartridges, let's go to discs, like, you know, PlayStation was talking about 10 years prior, <laughs> or whatever it was, excuse me. Oh, but, yeah, I guess, I guess, do we have any closing kind of thoughts on this, this track before we you know, jump into Avatar? See, I, yeah, well, I, my, my, my whole, yeah, my whole hope, maybe I'm having too many expectations, but what I'd like to see from, from if they remake six, uh, is definitely bringing in everything they've set. Like, I don't want to say set up, but like, there's, a, there's a conclusion almost. They like, they get, a, they get a chance to redo this, which is kind of funny. It's mm -hmm. <laughs> Resident Evil has gone the way of Evangelion with the rebuild films. Who would have thought? And somehow it makes a little more sense. Um, or somehow it works, I guess, which is hilarious. I guess with games, it's easier to try or do. I, I have no idea. <laughs> but I don't know. I, I hope that 6 gives them the chance to uh, make amends. I'm not saying they like need to restore their honor or anything like Zuko. I'm just <laughs> saying like this is certainly an opportunity if they have the, if they have the opportunity, of course. I'm saying if they do, for argument's sake. Uh, they definitely there. There's a lot they can improve upon from uh, the, the original version, and I think it'd be a really good idea to bring in all the talent and I mean obviously the Japanese talent that they uh, were using for the characters as well. But it would certainly be nice to bring all those characters back from the all this like this remake series and um, kind of give it a definitive end and then like they could almost sow the seeds for what seven becomes which is yeah. hilarious because which is then like oh then they remake resident evil seven <laughs> it's like okay come on like seven is the whole reason we have like the remake series i believe uh -huh. um, but i can almost see that where six 
like there's a post credit scene that ties it to seven, which would be pretty funny. That would be cool. And then, of course, well, then the other thing, of course, is what about Resident Evil 9? It's like, oh, yeah, forgot about that. <laughs> well, I'll see if there's one thing that I wish that they would do, and whether it's in a game going forward or in any of these remakes, like maybe you could insert her into six. But I just wish that they would bring back Sheva, because I always had a strong affection for that character. Um, whenever I played co-ops, I'd always play her, so I you know, played three campaigns there you go. with her. And I think she had a, a great dynamic with Chris. Like that, most of that game is him trying to track down Jill, and he's all worried about his his old partner. And at the same time, she's right right by his side. Like, she's like, "I'm with you all the way in this this mission. Whatever we have to do, I'm right there with you because you're my my partner now." And it's it's fantastic. They have so many great moments together in that game. But I I think it was because of the racial complaints at the time that they just never used her again. I don't know. Maybe she shows up in Village, but I've not heard anything. <laughs> I don't. I don't think so. I know Chris shows up in Village. Spoilers. I don't know if that's. Yeah, I've heard that um, too. But like, I mean, that would be interesting because did Chris and Jill have a thing? Um, it's not really said, but you can feel. I don't know. Maybe it's just a deep feeling of like you're my partner and you're. I was there when you got into this trouble, and he's just doing anything he can to try to help her. I mean. They're fucking OGs. Like, they're the two that pretty much survived yeah. the entire, like, for the mansion, for pit's sakes, started this whole thing. So, yeah, actually, you know what's funny? They well, they remake six, and then they go back and remake one. <laughs> yeah. That, or, that... sorry, re-remake one, pardon me. Yeah, because, I mean, that thing's getting a little bit primitive these days, too. I mean, that was, I think, 2002 when they did it. So it's getting old. Yeah, I think you're right. Um... See, that'd be, that'd be, I think, yeah, I think what you're saying with Chris and Jill, I think it's more platonic than it is like an item thing. Whereas with Jill and Carlos, that was, uh, mm. that was maybe a little bit more like romance there. Yeah. Yeah. I could see that. I mean, again, if you, if you structured it, like at least the way I would structure it, um, again, I'm not, I'm not designing these games. I'm not on the design team. Um, but you'd have like the first episode or the first, like, I guess arc would be, would have, Jill and Chris, or not Jill, sorry, Jill and Carlos in there. Then you'd have the second one be Leon and Claire, and then you'd have Chris and Sheva in like the third campaign. Oh, I'd love it. I'd love it. <laughs> and then just Ada Wong there with somebody else. I, I have no idea. Any other yeah. like side characters that I'm forgetting about? I guess I guess you could either bring back, you could bring back um, Shirley or Shelly? No, Sherry? Sherry Birkins, that's what it is. You can bring her back as like an adult or a teenager, and then you can, for some reason, you can bring in um, Ashley Graham if you wanted to. <laughs> the <laughs> character from Resident Evil, not the like real life voice yeah. or the real life actor, excuse me. Leon, help me, Leon. Okay, seriously, I think like when you eventually play full remake, you'll probably appreciate her a lot more. <laughs> <laughs> I think they do a like a surprisingly at least what I've seen they've done a surprisingly good job with her. Like yeah. Of course it's probably what you think it is where like it's a woman who's never experienced combat before in her life running away from combat. Oh wow, what a shock. Like that's not like how a real person would probably react, correct? Yeah, I mean I mean I I don't know. I guess it's fair. I mean there's these horror, horrifying zombies. I mean I guess what do you do? But <laughs> we'll see. They, they, I'm pretty sure they like a lot of players have given her respects. 
Mm. Not so much to the Ada voice actor, though, which is really terrible. She's getting the Carly Marie Tran um, or uh, Ahmed Best treatment from fans again, which is like, oh, great. So they exist here as well. Lovely. Oh, the, the Ashley actress as well? No, no, no sorry. The, the, the new Ada Wong actor. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Yeah, she's getting, because they replaced her, uh, the previous voice actor, um, now fans are just like, yeah, like I said, giving her the Tran and Best treatment. Oh, they're always there. It's ugly. It's ugly. And of course, it's the loudest crew, as you always say. And it's uh, I, I vocally support her. Um in yep. you know, her efforts and i did i i'll say this i'll, I'll let the record stand I, I listened to some of her dialogue today i'll say it sounds different from the previous actor it will take time for me but i'm not like lambasting her <laughs> i wonder if that's is that a politically correct way of saying things because i'm pretty sure it's like i ain't criticizing her um casting decision i'm just saying like for me it's hard to hear that voice come out of ada wong uh mm. given like right the remake uh, the second remake but at the same time i can grow I, I i can learn to grow from it or i can it can grow on me excuse me yeah and are you planning to play uh four? Oh yeah no don't worry i am planning to play four eventually nice if it's on sale yes that's what i'm waiting for too <laughs> i finally picked a village about three weeks ago nice it went on sale for 24 dollars. i was like yep i'll slap that snap that up yeah but i still gotta wait until i finish six and then seven before i finally play eight so it's gonna be a while that's the order right like that's the big that's the big order yeah i started my playthrough again i don't know whenever we started the uh, resident evil series i think is when i started my playthrough oh that's like last year really i thought we st- yeah i guess maybe it was 2021 i think is when we started yeah it was 2021 because we were all gonna go watch uh welcome to raccoon city yeah <laughs> and only you watched it me and johnny still haven't seen it yet oh yeah <laughs> well one of these days yeah, we haven't heard anything back from uh, if that's getting a sequel or not. Yeah, that's true. Well, I guess. Well, there was that there was that TV show though on Netflix. Which uh, was that animated or was that live action? Oh, it was live action. Oh my goodness. So is it connected to the like recent re- like I guess uh, movie or no? Uh, I don't believe so. It's okay. Yeah, it's in a very different different whole different world okay is it more a okay is it more closer to resident evil 6 or uh uh paul anderson's uh movies uh i guess between those two it would have to be closer to the paul w sanderson one Uh, but it is nothing like anything else i've ever seen in resident evil before and it's (sighs) oh boy oh boy it's bad and that's (laughs) saying a lot from this guy who you know watched all those like anderson movies yeah, most of it's like a teen drama in Wesker's The Dad of these two teenage girls and What? Yeah, it's oh boy, it's and there's it jumps between like the past before the outbreak's gonna happen and then this future. And the future is full of these like corny over the top characters. And it's just really stupid. Really, really stupid show. And boring is the real problem. Just completely boring. Alright, well fair fair enough. Uh was it was it English or was it Japanese? Uh, I I believe it was British. I think I'm I'm pretty sure it's a British production. Odd. Okay, interesting. Yeah, but um, Constantine Films, who holds the rights for it, is a German company. So maybe, maybe they shot in yeah in, in Europe and brought in a bunch of Brits because it was just closer to home. Oh, certainly. But was it? Wait. So was Constantine also involved in the Welcome to Raccoon City? Yep. Yep. They've done them all. 
interesting. Yeah. Well. Yeah. Hopefully, one day we won't discuss that show because that's. But poor Lance Riddick, he was okay as. I mean, he wasn't playing Wesker. He was playing this character that they called Wesker. Oh no! Oh golly! <laughs> but he was still good in the role. It was it was a somewhat interesting character. It was just in no way representative of Wesker at all. It's Lance Riddick. What do you expect? The guy was top notch stuff, man. He was a he was a class yeah. act. Yeah, is a class act as well. Excuse me. Well, you know, yeah. R.I.P. Brother. Ah, <sighs> rip brother. Yeah, I'm really yeah. sorry about that. That's that sucks. <laughs>